0: This presentation of the USA CBD Conference is brought to you by IndustryPods.com in conjunction with Immortal, a well being beverage company, bringing you Immortal Nitro Super Coffee and now Immortal Super Immunity Shot with Hemp Extra. All is well at Immortal.com. That's I M M O R D L.com. Uh, thanks for being here with us. I want to introduce to you uh, the CEO and founder of Myoderm, Eric Smart. Myoderm is a global leader in the industrial hemp div- Talking is tough for me today. Hemp-divide CBD market and can be found nationwide to retailers like Dick Sporting Goods, GNC, 7-Eleven. Welcome to the main stage, Eric, to talk about the three biggest challenges for CBD products in 2020. Thank you. Thank you for coming.
1: Alright, today we're going to be talking about three challenges for, this, for CBD products for 2020. More specifically, what I can share with you, challenges to get into national retailers. So the question is, why am I up here telling you this, right? There's bigger brands out there, bigger names, but we have specific reasons why we have over 8,000 600 national retail doors right now. Probably the most national retail doors of any brand in the US. And I'll be walking through those because those are the specific challenges all products are facing right now. We just heard a speaker talk about regulatory requirements and challenges that you're gonna face in the market in the US. We'll go over those. And we'll also layer in two others. So the first one is gonna be trust. So trust and compliance are gonna be synonymous. That's gonna be the first challenge every company has to overcome. Trust with consumers and trust with retailers. The second challenge is gonna be distribution. So if retailers are trusting you and you do get distribution, you then have to actually activate your product and distribution. The third one's gonna be marketing. So these are all classic challenges any CPG brand's gonna have. The unique nature of our industry is how they're interconnected and how they build on each other. And I'll explain with our brand how we met those challenges and how we're able to get distribution. So let's go back to trust. Probably several hundred brands at least in the market right now. It's pretty noisy, right? To get signal out there, the very first thing you have to do is establish trust with the consumer and eventually the retailer. There's two things you have to do. First thing is, you have to make a product that has a therapeutic effect that the consumer can recognize. That's a challenging thing to do, but you have to do it. If you don't do that, consumers are not gonna come back and buy your product. You're not gonna be able to show consumer stickiness to a retailer and you're not gonna be able to move your product through national retailers. Second thing you're gonna to have to do is meet compliance. Everyone knows the FDA has absolute purview over the CBD industry now. So what does compliance mean? It's not a mystery, guys. It's cut and dry. Topical products that are made to cosmetic standards in an FDA-registered facility. That's it. That is all that is allowed by the FDA currently. Ingested products, dietary supplements, food, are not allowed by the FDA. They're not enforcing that currently. But per guidelines, those are not allowed. So if you want to be in national retailers, you got one category, topicals. So in our case, we make a topical cream. Now what's different about a cream versus, say, an oil, a salve, a balm? So a cream is a water-based application, whereas a salve, a balm, those things you hear, those are oil-based. Now, CBD is lipophilic, so it's gonna go into solution in an oil. It's very difficult to get it into a water-based solution. You have to emulsify the molecule. And then on top of that, we add penetration enhancers, an ability to drive it through the skin into muscle and connective tissue. So you get a therapeutic effect. I'm gonna tell you how some companies cheat. What you'll find is concentration matters. If you see a product that's about, I don't know, two ounce bottle, and it's got 300 milligrams of CBD, you're talking way less than 1% concentration, probably about 0.3, 0.4% concentration. What you will see in a lot of products is 10% concentration of menthol or camphor, which is basically icy hot. So what you're buying, when that consumer goes and buys that product, it's a tiny bit of CBD and a poor substitute for icy hot at five times the price. That's not a sustainable model. You are seeing that actually in national retailers. That is not working, I'm here to tell you. Because in every retailer we're in, Dick's Sporting Goods, GNC, 7-Eleven, Loves Convenience Stores, we're the number one brand. by a country mile. Because our product has a therapeutic effect and it's not a substitute for something that's way cheaper out there. So that's the first thing you have to overcome. But that ain't the end of the game, right? You gotta get in those doors, but then you have to be able to engage the consumer. So distribution requires two things. You have to have merchandising. So if you guys have probably been in some stores and seen CBD up on a a shelf somewhere or crammed over to the side, that ain't gonna work. Because as magical as everyone thinks CBD is, Ultimately, the price point is driving people away. So you have to have more engagement in the store to get people's attention. And then you, too, have to have a price point that allows them to try the product. So when you walk into Dick's Sporting Goods, you'll see a Myoderm floor display that's near the register, so high visibility, and the price point starts at 5 dollars That is what is required to get consumers engaged now. Early on, you were seeing 50 bucks be about the average for a CBD product. And consumers, early adopters willing to spend that, that's not happening anymore. They're looking for comparative prices to other topical analgesics or things they can buy for whatever, whether it's any category that they think it's going to work for. So that's the two things you have to have. You have to to talk to your retailer and develop a strategy that gives you good displays, merchandising, ability to communicate with a customer, then you have to hit those price points. Which leads to the third challenge, marketing. If anyone's ever tried to market CBD, they know it's damn near impossible. You only have about digital, and very, very limited capabilities in digital. Can't have Google AdWords. Social media is extremely limited. Everyone's gaming it every which way. So when you look at that, you have to figure out where the channels exist. You saw iHeartRadio's advertisement here, radios coming online, digital. They do have terrestrial, kind of a mixed bag with terrestrial. There are some platforms that allow CBD now, and it's improving. But digital is about all we got. You don't have TV, and you don't have many other channels you can market through. So you're, you're very limited on how you can market. So, you got digital, what are you gonna pair with that? Everyone goes to personalities, right? I've owned a professional cycling team. I've had to work with athletes. It was painful. I do not recommend it. There are cases where you can have high profile people that really pair well with a brand. However, usually that is a challenge that's very expensive to overcome and has a lot of volatility. Better to go for organizations that are stabilized and able to consistently project messages and build back to trust. So you're leveraging their trust. Fortunately, we're starting to see major organizations like MLB, Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, tennis, all these sports institutions are opening up CBD to their athletes. World Anti-Doping Agency and U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, WADA and USADA in 18 allowed for athletes to use CBD products. Just so you're aware, these institutions, these organizations becoming available. And that's certainly our strategy, and we're pursuing that very aggressively. So when you look at it on the whole, if you want to succeed with national retailers, you have to have a product that has therapeutic capabilities and is not simply a copy of some other product out there that's way cheaper. You have to be compliant with the FDA. You have to be able to distribute with merchandising and price points. And finally, if you're gonna succeed in 2020, you better link your brand with as credible another organization as possible because they're all coming in right now. So those are the challenges. If you're looking for good products, look for products that do those things. If you have products, go do those things. The reason I'm telling everyone this, the reason I'm sharing some of our insights and experience, I would like good players in the market. I don't mind good competition. What I don't like seeing is a bad product in the market. That hurts my brand and that hurts everyone's brand. We want good experiences when consumers come in and try these products. We want to build trust industry-wide. Okay. Uh, yes. Can we get some, uh, help for some questions? Thank you guys for coming today. Appreciate it. Hello. Hey. Hi. Um, What's your uh, name? My name is Sarah. Hey, Sarah. I'm Eric. Hi. Thanks. hold this really far away from my face. Um, quick question for you, how do you how do you have something
0: like a sample on the market that's a five five or six
1: dollar price point
0: that still has efficacious dosing? It's
1: a good Can you hear me? Yeah. That's a good question. So our question was, how do you have a $599 price point that has efficaciousness or therapeutic capabilities? So what we do in our case, and once again giving away secrets here, but you can go find it, so it's not really a secret. We create single-use packets, okay? So you're getting a single dose that's gonna have up to 4% concentration of CBD in that cream. That's it, so, and I will say this, if you look at industry studies, you'll find us there, price per milligram, we're the best value out there. So we eat the margin So it's still a good margin, it's sustainable, and we can build our company, but we don't try to gouge the market. And I would argue, when you see a bottle this size with 200 milligrams of CBD, and you're paying 50 bucks, you're getting ripped off. You're welcome. Can we pass the mic over here? Oh, sorry, next one, we'll get over here.
0: Hi, Eric. Whoa. Hey. <laughs> Hi. So, you do see, you are CBD. Correct. Uh, obviously, the cannabinoid system, there's hemp involved. Do you work with hemp products?
1: We don't. That's a good question. So, what we do is we use what everyone calls the isolate. So, it's a CBD molecule. We just buy the molecule and we emulsify it in a cream.
0: You just seem like you're doing a lot of good things and I appreciate you for that. Thank you. And there's so much that you can do with the hemp-derived as well that uses the cannabinoid system that's doing amazing, riveting things in the space that's actually curing and helping with diabetes and losing weight. And I think someone like you, with what you're doing, would be a great person in that space. So I know you have all these people here, but I work for High Times as well, and I want to talk to you afterwards. Great. Thank you. Right there. Yeah, can um, you please talk
1: about how you had your sales force set up to have such effective distribution? Ooh, that's a good one. That's really sneaky. So that's, sales is a challenge, right? Um, I will give you one of our secrets. So my background is in food manufacturing and commercial pharmaceuticals. So I used to run a large food manufacturing company, and I worked with a lot of the supermarkets big chains out there. So I had a lot of personal connections. So from a sales perspective, we had advantages going in. We had trust because they knew who I was. And also our our management staff comes from those industries. So in that sense, it's a bit of a management advantage and a sales advantage. As far as our sales force goes, we really don't have a big sales force and we've utilized that to you know, get those relationships. Thank you. Anybody else? Okay, right over here.
0: Hi, my name is Esther. Thank you for your presentation. Thank you, Esther. My husband and I, um, we're distributors. We also have retail stores, and we also launched our own brand, so we're kind of in that right. space. So my question is for a big, you know, manufacturer like you, because you mentioned you're in 7-Eleven, mm-hmm. you're at Dicks, and then you're probably at specialty hemp stores, right? What I'm seeing on the retail side is a problem from the manufacturer perspective where um, you have a brand that will sell to, I'm from New York, so we have a lot of bodegas, mm-hmm. right? So they'll, send, they'll sell their brand, like a hemp lucid, will sell to a specialty store like we have, which is a CBD store, but then they'll sell to a bodega. And I get it, you know, you need to make sales, but then someone in a bodega does not really understand the product. And they could, someone that has indigestion, they'll sell them MCT oil, which is bad for indigestion, right? So what, what I'm noticing in the industry, and it's a big problem, you mentioned, you want good players and competitive players. Yes. What can be done, right, to have those, like, does does the FDA need to get involved? Almost like policing, right? Like, how do you control the industry? Because it's a big problem I'm seeing.
1: It is a challenge. And I would argue we we live in a free society. People have choices. Um, Unfortunately, the FDA is not really regulating the industry right now which which some people say is good some people say is bad we do see warning letters go out but there's really no enforcement guys and uh having worked with the fda for over 20 years i've seen enforcement i mean they've got they have an amazing amount of power but they're also just an organization so i think what we're going to see my uh if i'm looking into my crystal ball we're going to see one compression in price It is coming. We just heard that the average price of CBD went from $7,000 to $1,000 a kilo. It should go lower, like a lot lower. It's a commodity. Commodities generally go down. There's a massive influx in the market right now of raw materials. So what you'll see is these margins that people are making can't exist. If people aren't optimized and producing at very high efficiencies, they're going to go away. That will solve a lot of your problems because you'll see a lot less bad product out there because efficiencies and knowledge of manufacturing to in CGMP facilities and meeting standards will be a natural cultivation of valid products. If you're selling good products, other establishments are selling good products, that work and people come back to, the bad products, maybe at a bodega, they're getting bad information, they're not gonna go back to those. It's not sustainable. So I can't solve it today, but give it 18, 24 months, way different landscape here, guys, way different landscape. Okay, any other questions? All right, guys, a real pleasure being here. I hope you have a great show, and uh, Definitely take some of those things to heart when you're looking at products. Thank you.
0: This podcast was produced and presented by Industry Pods in conjunction with the USA CBD Conference in cooperation with Immortal, a well-being company. Any unauthorized use is strictly prohibited. Any and all trademarks are the property of their respective owners. Coming up on 5-Minute News...